Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Adam Shankman, the director of Hairspray. He's done another musical and it's Rock of Ages. Now no doubt you've heard about this, there's publicity everywhere for it, everyone's talking about Tom Cruise in the film, everyone's talking about how it's been adapted from stage to screen, Uh, and I think we're going to go ahead and spoil it here. So if you haven't seen the film, we always talk about uh, films after viewing them on this podcast, and uh, be aware spoilers heavy okay so lloyd did you get into this film did you watch it with a big crowd yeah i watched it with a good crowd um and i liked it uh i was disappointed because i tried to get a lot of people to watch this and people oh is that that tom cruise film people won't watch a movie with tom cruise and i'm really disappointed because i think he's a great actor go watch collateral go watch last summer i born on the fourth of july there's nothing wrong with his acting um it could be the scientology i think it's i think so and he's a bit wild like he's sort of got the mel gibson stigma like almost like i know a lot of people that won't watch a mel gibson film anymore Mm. Anymore, and I think, sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that film he did with a puppet, I don't know what it's called. Compl- the Beaver. Yeah, I think that completely bombed in theatres, you mm. know. And I don't know how Rock of Ages is doing, but I really hope it doesn't fall into that category. I hope it does really well, because Tom Cruise was fantastic mm. in it. But yeah, it was fun. It was seems, a great movie. It seems to be this, like, love it or hate it kind of thing about it, because, I mean, ultimately people... Uh, know the songs. I'm guessing you knew a lot of the songs. Yes, yep. And and like whether or not you are a fan of soft rock, which I am. Sure. Uh, I've suggested this film this week. Next week, Lloyd will throw in a film. <laughs> um, but I like all the soft rock kind of, uh, you know, 80s songs. And you got to go into it having fun. You know, mm. it, it doesn't waste any time. The moment the scene begins, she's on a bus. Yep everyone's singing and you get the toad right away like I I took a friend and she was like she had no idea what to expect and the moment they started singing just hit her right in the face like okay Mm. you know (laughs) oh it's straight away it's straight into it and there's very little kind of in between talking without throwing into a song you know it's got it's got that pacing really down I think um Adam Shankman when he directed Hairspray that opens with the main actress waking up and singing hello good morning Baltimore cool and uh so straight away she's singing down the streets she's jumping on the back of a bus and stuff and going into places everybody's singing was Hairspray gave birth to Glee uh I don't think or was Glee Glee first because it was a movie that started the whole thing again like this isn't the first time like we had Grease the Rocky Horror Picture Show Mm -hmm. and we had The Sound of Music and before that you know and and so on and so on so musicals have been around since you know when uh, sound just started you know jazzing and so forth Um, I mean there was a lot of kind of musical elements back in the earlier films too like just a lot of dance numbers singing in the rain yeah exactly yeah yeah but there's this been this resurgence Mm. with particularly glee which is a huge um phenomenon in television i'm pretty um, i think it was hairspray that started i could be wrong maybe maybe hairspray came off the back of glee i'm not sure yeah i couldn't tell you for sure i do think hairspray was a success though yeah and i feel like rock of ages is going to be a similar and you had um you've got a whole new generation that's loving it with high school musical maybe that was the start Maybe high school musical. Maybe it was high school musical. That's sure. feeling more like it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and yeah, you got all these uh, musicals coming out. Do you like musicals? Is that why? One of my favorite musicals is Once. Have you seen no, Once? I haven't seen Once. Um, That's it's a movie. Yeah, it's okay, like a really sure. grown-up um, musical. Sure. Uh, about a a busker who um, he's basically getting over a breakup. He has all these songs inside of him, and the film opens with singing, and yeah. um, it kind of goes through and has music integrated into it like because they start recording an album yeah he's in love with this um girl okay uh, in the film and um basically the 
the thing is they sort of record this album so the songs come very naturally you know they're hanging out at a dinner party and they all start singing is this an 80s movie no no it's quite recent okay sure 2006 maybe it was a big hit obviously well steven spielberg said it was his favorite film of the year wow yeah right so i mean it's definitely got an audience they actually won the oscar for best original song um for, I believe... Oh, I'm so bad. I haven't even... <laughs> That's all right. Well, maybe we'll make you watch it Yeah, for this. I will. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Um, but no, the reason I wanted to watch Rock of Ages was because when I was in New York, um, it's good to see a Broadway show, you know, get the experience. I believe you went to Book of Mormon. Yes, that's right. Yep. And that's a musical, obviously. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, Well, the one I saw was Rock of Ages. Cool. And uh, I went home and told my wife about it um, after America. And uh, she said, oh, it sounds fun, you know. And then when we went to Melbourne last year, I took her to the uh, Melbourne Australian version. And so I've seen two different versions of the stage show. And so I've been tracking the progress of this production yep. and who's been cast in each role. And uh, I very much wanted to see how it sort of turned out on film. You saw Rock of Ages in Broadway in New York. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> well, I thought so. Yeah. And the thing was, um, let me describe the Broadway feel. Uh, when you go in, there's the stage is obviously just sort of there no curtains or anything so you can see the entire bourbon bar kind of bourbon room sorry um set and there's a fog machine going so you already feel like you're at some gig and um they hand out these uh little um they're not uh what do you call them not lighters um they're little pretend lighters like with torches in them so um you can all hold them up in the air during the the Go, the gig and the cool. lasers and whatever so you feel like you're at a musical and that came gig. free they, they yeah they hand those sure. out at the door uh, they're obviously selling merchandise to all Broadway shows do you have to give too. them back? no cool no <laughs> <laughs> totally fine yeah and then there's um, scantily clad women walking around selling alcohol to you uh, so basically everybody's got a few drinks with and the stuff. rock theme closed yeah, sure, yeah. exactly and um immediately it's it's like being at some gig some event that's you know? awesome and so you really don't feel like you're at a broadway show at all wow um there's sort of a lot of walking through the crowd that happened in the australian one especially and um you know a lot of interaction with the crowd a lot of kind of um confetti and stuff being thrown into the crowd you know lasers lights just that's really fun a lot of dances yeah it's like yeah. a very well choreographed piece and obviously tons of people have seen it and so you got to imagine at some stage a film version yeah no definitely <laughs> And they um, held no, uh, they pulled no punches at this one. They got everyone they could. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's similar. Um, there are some really key changes to the film that I want to get into. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, pretty much um, almost all the songs were there. Um, but because her name was Sherry, they're Sherry and Drew. You know the song, Oh Sherry, Hold On? Yes. Yep. That was like a big moment in the film where he like wants to get her back kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, in the in the stage show, sorry. And it wasn't in the film at oh, all. Oh, okay. And the reason that I kept remembering it was because there was this woman who sat behind us. And she was just like, every now and then saying to her friend, Oh, that song, Oh Sherry, that's going to happen. Oh, Oh Sherry, it's, like, it's about to happen. You know? <laughs> and so she kept, kept prompting us, like not even us, her friend. Um, that the song was coming up and we were like oh and when it finally came on she was like oh it's the song you know and it's just <laughs> one person whispering right behind us which yeah was kind Did of that annoying. add to it or distract oh distracted okay I, sure this was in the Melbourne one so okay, I'd seen yeah. it once before yeah. um, but I was right at the very front when I watched it at um, in Broadway wow in New York. awesome yeah. yeah so I thought that was quite good um, alright so we talked a little bit about 
everything, how you've walked in. You know, everyone is there for a good time. Yeah. People are yelling things out. It's more interactive. It's exactly like a gig. Um, but there were some sort of major differences. Now, in the stage show, the strip club is just to the right of the stage. All right. There's a door. And so when characters... Um, obviously, there's a band on stage at all times, kind of just playing and stuff in the background while the cast sing because they don't have instruments. Um, so there's a band on stage the whole time and members of like the cast and stuff sort of walk into the strip club occasionally as part of songs and stuff so it's got much more of a presence immediately and on the far left of stage there's a toilet um where the thing sort of turns around it shows you the inside of a toilet so right. you know, there's a few scenes so when you say moves uh, moves around the it's actual like a stage rotating moves. bit of oh, stage yeah. so yeah. You, you see the door of the toilet and then it sort of rotates and you can see inside cool. of it and yeah. sort of a corner that pops out so the scenes that happen in the toilet and stuff obviously the the whole crowd can see but the strip club felt like a lot of an afterthought uh in this film now when she gets off the bus you mentioned that she sort of immediately into it and stuff yeah uh she walks up to some some ladies of the night i guess yes and they sort of sing a little bit that was about the only mention before she actually goes to the strip club of a strip club whereas in the stage show it's there the whole time the Mary J. Blige character who runs the strip club, she pokes her head out and sings a little bit as part of songs and stuff. So you're, For you're, the bourbon? or uh, She just pokes her head out of the strip club door. Oh, okay, yeah. It's only a door. Yeah. Um, initially. And then um, after the intermission, there's a sort of a big scene in the strip club and stuff. But it's got much more of a presence. When I watched this film, all the strip club stuff was sort of an afterthought. It felt like Mary J. Blige didn't have much to do. Right. And I thought that that's, that's a bit where she's like looking at her ex-boyfriend or yeah. something at the Obviously, end. there's a lot more there going on there, but we're just touching on that. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, I, she was one of the first people who signed on to Rock of Ages. So she must have been like excited about the project. You know, but I thought she was a bit wasted in this. Yeah, do you reckon a lot of her scenes went into the cutting room floor, or...? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty tight film, sure. I thought. Um, well, yeah. most musicals are so long because they have to break up for, you know, long songs. What they can say in two lines in a normal movie, yeah. they have to express in a whole whole bit, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. Well, often the song is enough expression. Sure. For example, the song Harden My Heart, which Juliana Huff, the main actress, sings... Um, do it's, they all do their own singing, do they? Yeah. Wow. They're okay. all original Even versions. Even Tom Cruise. Of, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. A little bit, um, how should I put this? Uh, I'm surprised Hugh Jackman didn't come on. <laughs> he's, he's actually really good. I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Well, I think um, Tom Cruise will win an Oscar for this film. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, well, Tom Cruise will win a Golden Globe for this film. Sure. I think he'll be nominated for an Oscar. Oscar, okay, Let's sure. say that. <laughs> um, because for Golden Globes... Uh, there's the best supporting actor, musical or comedy. Mm. And they love to put in somebody in a musical. Yes. Otherwise, that's a silly category. If there's a musical, you want to try and get people nominated. Um, <laughs> people in academies and you know whoever runs the Golden Globes, um, people love when actors take chances. Um, Tom Cruise won, besides winning for the 4th of July, born on the 4th of July, and I think Jerry Maguire he won for. Yep. Um, yeah, Golden Globes. Yeah. He won for Magnolia. Yeah, he was excellent in that. That's another film I should have mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which, yeah, which you, you like Tom Cruise in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like him in Minority Report, even. Yeah, um, no, he, he's a good actor. He's just a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just his personal life. Yeah, yeah. Splashed around, I guess. <laughs> um, now we've said Scientology on the podcast, too. You know that this is being tracked or something. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, um, for his performance as Stacey Jacks um, was much more likable than the Stacey Jacks in the Broadway show. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I totally want to touch on in a sec. But because he took a chance in Magnolia, it's this big star doing a supporting actor turn. And it's an unusual one, you know, and they rewarded him. They gave him the Golden Globe. You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Golden Globe for when he went blackface in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. You know, another Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. He's in that one as and well. And he was great in that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been, that movie had me till he started dancing. <laughs> well, that was actually his idea. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that killed it for he me. He was like, "Let me just see if I can do some dancing." And I mean, you're not going to not put that in because there's a kind of morbid curiosity. Whatever you say, Mr. Cruise. <laughs> well, now we've seen him dance. We've seen him sing. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think. He had the best swagger. He had okay songs. I think he was a bit auto-tuned at times. Um, there was elaborate costumes, you know, the, uh, what do you call it, like dragon pieces. Yeah, yeah, and the, the satanic sort of costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, how he was like, I am on stage, and he falls in the pool. <laughs> the first time you see him, he's in the seat underneath two women kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that was and, great. And he's like, um, yeah, very much sold the I'm a cowboy, you know, some days I drink, some days I don't, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So I don't sleep for days. All those lyrics and stuff totally applied. And um, what did you think of Tom Cruise in this film? I, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had great screen presence. That's mm. the main thing. Uh, but he brings so much. That, that facial expression he brings, he has... I, I guess people can argue it's the same look in every film he's done, but there's that moment where he comes into the bar and he's looking at the girl, like um, the reporter, and he's just staring at her the whole time and walking up to her. And this at girl, the end? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. And this girl kisses him and he's just trying to wait for her he's to finish. Like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, just sorry. <laughs> just but he has sorry. that look, you know. You know, just like yeah. well, only Tom Cruise can do that, and mm. I thought he was great. Mm. Um, yeah, but again, uh, brings me back to what I said at the beginning. I'm just disappointed. Uh, many people won't watch this purely because he's in it. I, I, you know, I quote people go, "Oh, is that the mo- Tom Cruise movie? Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to see that." You know, yeah. just ignoring all the other qualities of the movie. So disappointing. I mean, Paul Giamatti, Alec Baldwin, we yeah, got yeah. Russell Brand. There's two newcomers as the main. Oh, that's the one thing about Russell Brand. I'm glad he wasn't at the front of this because I am not a Russell Brand fan. I yeah. think he's just a fad, and I'm pretty. I'm, I, I said uh, before. I think I think I was quoting um, Jens Pulver when he versed BJ Penn for all the MMA fans. Um, sometimes hype just ain't enough, you know. And I think that's true. I think um, Russell Brand was just hype. I don't think he's got any qualities. Um, he's funny, but I don't think he's an actor. I don't think he's that talented. I don't think he's that intelligent. I just think it's a style that hit a chord. And I was right. His his last. Four or five movies have completely bombed. Mer- I think they even brought in Helen Mirren, the, probably the, one of the greatest British actresses of all time. She's carrying him on a on his, on her back, limping around like crazy, and still can't do anything. <laughs> all right, so I've read both Russell Brand's books, sure. My Bookie Wook and My Bookie Wook. Yeah, you're too. a Russell Brand fan. This time it's yeah. personal, and having the backstory of his life and how he struggled with drugs and um, sex addiction and stuff. That adds to his talent, doesn't it? It does, (laughs) in a way, because it's like he's overcome a lot to make it to this point. Um, For him to be British, like Ricky Gervais, and then kind of break into the American scene and become somebody they know. Obviously, he married Katy Perry. So that's something that he can get away with, you know. Yeah, yeah. um, Adding to his fame. It's sort of a, you know, more of a publicity thing almost. I don't doubt that he loved Katy Perry, kind of thing but obviously it didn't work out unfortunately for them um but i find him really interesting because i think he's a very funny guy and when he interviews he's very intelligent there's no doubt like he he's using a lot he of big words of tom green 
Oh yeah, Tom Green's super intelligent, um, but he's just—I'm not much of a Tom. I'm Green not fan. a Tom Green fan at all. You know, you either love him. Hey, some people think Freddie Got Fingered is one of the greatest comedies ever. I'm like, mm. really? Um, and same thing with Russell Brand. I, I, I don't know. They both come from the same backgrounds. I just don't get it. Well, Ru- <laughs> Russell Brand is really good in supporting roles. Arthur, he was the lead. I'm not sure he's at leading man oh, yet. What was a terrible movie. Bring me to the Greek. Get him oh, to the Greek. God. <laughs> See, again, he's a supporting. He's playing the same supporting character yeah. he played in Forgetting Sarah Mark. But the um, the supporting actor thing, I think he's he's got down. He's very interesting in films. Yeah. Um, and I think this because he's kind of a modern day rock star, isn't he? Walking around in a lot of leather pants. He's uh, he, he has the look. He's not a modern day rock star. I don't agree. He just has that look. Well, yeah, hold yeah. on, because he's famous in Britain for being like Shagger of the Year several years running and um, sleeping with many women. But how is that? On, on well, par with a musician I'm saying like a modern day rock star oh I I'm see with he, the popularity yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not um, going on stage and singing even though he sings in this he's not yeah. much of a singer um, but like in a kind of Mick Jagger swagger know what you're doing kind of um, rock star way he's yeah. kind of like a modern rock star um, and I think he's interesting and because I've read the backstory again I'm kind of yeah more invested I sure. guess I'm glad he was in the background in this like he's almost forgettable I was like Oh, that's right. Russell Brand was in it. Like, I'm just glad they handled him, like, well. Like, I, I, I would have even cut more of his scenes <laughs> if I was editing. Just having that bad in the background. But he's did great. You, his little moments were pretty good. Did you think it was interesting that when they did those flashbacks of him getting hired by Alec Baldwin, his hair was just Russell Brand's hair? Because <laughs> I thought that was funny. That um, they'd I, forgotten, I don't know if his yeah. yeah, it was like it was like just normal Russell Brand oh, hair, okay, whereas sure. he had the sort of wig. Oh right, Lonnie. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a bit weird. Like they'd shot those as an afterthought. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. it would be good if we had more footage here. You know, I thought he was upstaged by Alec Baldwin because they're playing a duo, and I found Alec Baldwin a lot more funny. Although he was like playing off Russell Brand's humor, I thought mm. Alec, oh, Alec Baldwin's wiping the floor with him. Yeah, they gave Russell Brand a lot more kind of punchy lines, like the um, oh, Michael Jackson's looking paler, isn't he? Kind of thing. Uh, little one-off bits. Sure. I thought Alec Baldwin looked the most out of place. I didn't think he could sing no, he as did. well. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where he has, like, that one line at the beginning where he's standing up, you know, raising a toast to all of us or breaking our backs every day. I was like, uh... Well, Alec Bowles is very good at playing that role. I think, like, in 30 Rock, I love him in 30 Rock, sure. but I think he's asleep the whole time because he just can play that naturally, you know, and I think he was doing that in Rock of Ages. Mm. I'm just going to be Alec Bowles. <laughs> but I thought he was great. I liked Alec Baldwin, yeah. The, the Broadway show version of uh, Alec Baldwin's character has, like, really long hair, like, sure. right down to his kind of almost hips and he has like sunglasses and a bit of facial hair do they hair play and on stuff. the sexuality as well in the yes book? okay sure um, yeah. interestingly uh, Russell Brand's character uh, was the narrator in the Broadway show so he comes out on stage talks to the sure, audience okay. and he's wearing a hooray for boobies t-shirt that was never in the <laughs> in the film anyway it was very iconic so he's kind of like the the storyteller yes of the whole thing. awesome yes yeah. and he um uh, breaks the rules the fourth wall all that sort of stuff he reads a book that says what they should do next like in the script and stuff and he says um, something like oh we should uh, have a big flourish of a song and then the intermission of course <laughs> you know and, like a lot more jokes in the Broadway yeah, yeah. one you know because they can sort of thing um, but there was that love story which you don't actually see coming right away in the um, Broadway show whereas um, I thought it was a bit more obvious. His sort of a yeah, few they more waste longing, no time. <laughs> a few more longing looks yeah. and stuff, you know, in the well, film. Well, from the moment he, I, I had it, from the moment he came out to help her, the, the story was told. The direction where the story was going was pretty much laid out there. That it was a love story. Yeah, 
Okay, so Juliana Huff, the lead actress, you might have seen her in a proactive infomercial. Oh, right. She's is she a singer? Like, is she, she is. And okay, she was sure. also in Footloose, the remake of Footloose. Footloose, I haven't seen that, no. no never I've never seen the original. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the main actor, who's like Diego Bernardo or something? Yep. Let me just check. Is he uh, South American, Mexican yeah. or something? Yeah, Benito, sure. I think. Benita? Benita. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty boy. He's very yes, pretty. Yes, he's very handsome. <laughs> well, the girl's like, very beautiful as well. Every Everyone was very good looking. Typical American film. <laughs> yeah, which I, I mean, um, you might not have known this, um, but there's a record executive, and when they do that whole Z-Boys rap yeah, thing, yeah. did you think that was pretty yeah, funny? Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's, it's um, a big reveal in the Broadway show too, like the light goes up on him and he's like dressed ridiculously, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what? <laughs> did he have the short hair and everything, the the vanilla ice sort of no. look? No. Okay. Um, the guy who, in New York, played Drew, uh, his name was Constantine... Like Morales, Morales, I can't really pronounce it. And he was um, one of the American Idol uh, losers. He didn't win. He, he was in the top ten, no doubt top twelve. Um, and he went on to star as Drew in Rock of Ages. And he was actually in the film. He plays the record executive who says, "Can they rap?" You know, he's sort of just dark-haired, long-haired kind of guy. Um, you wouldn't have known it unless you'd seen the Broadway sure. show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a couple other people I think I spotted in the from the Broadway show as well, um, but he because he had the American Idol background, um, he would do like really long notes. You know, in American and Australian Idol, how they do those like hold a note for a long yeah, time yeah. and everybody cheers. to show off their vocals. Yes. Sure, yeah, watching the Broadway show in America, he would hold a note like at the end of a song, like a wow kind of thing, and um, everyone would cheer. You know. Just, like, big moments yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so I think it was really great that they sort of included him because he'd really made the Drew character in the Broadway sure, show. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Do, do you like um, musicals? Like, are you a fan of them? Like, other than the one you said uh, that came out recently, once? 2004, once. Do you, do you like them generally? Not really sure. Um, I have seen Hairspray, and I didn't hate it. <laughs> I was sort of like, okay, Zac Efron doing yeah. another High School Musical kind of thing. Sure. I can't say I've seen High School Musical. <laughs> Uh, so I've no- seen fragments of it. It's pretty good for what it is. It's, yeah, it's not bad. Is yeah. Hannah Montana a musical? Is that show? Well, she's a singer, so like, uh, there I've are seen songs. fragments of her show. People tell me it's brilliant. I mean, <laughs> they've they've done like a best of both worlds movie. I think it's called. Anyway, yes. somebody's going to get on us. I guess, I guess maybe our listening audience isn't watching Hannah Montana. <laughs> um, but those are all Disney. Like sure. Jonas Brothers kind of thing. Well, they've ushered in that generation who've got it now a taste for musical mm. for musicals. Like yeah. I grew up, I, I didn't grow up at all in musicals. I'm not a fan of musicals. Grease. I didn't even see. I've never seen Grease. No. I've only seen fragments of it. Oh my god! I liked <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show only for 20 minutes. Yep. And I thought it was fantastic. It went on too long. Um, I loved. Uh, Head and Shoulders Above Everyone is Singing in the Rain. I think mm. that's probably the greatest Classic. musical ever made. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Like, um, even Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, like, the fragments of it I liked. I don't like it as a whole. Mm. And even this one, like, I really enjoyed it. But I don't know if you get this with musicals, but do you tune out? I'm, I'm not listening to the lyrics. I'm just listening. Oh, yeah, people singing, dancing, having a good time. I'm not putting two and two together. The lyrics have so much to do with the emotions and with the story. They I do. just tune out. I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're singing. You know, and, yeah, I, I just tune out. You know, I just don't have a musical mind. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I think what I liked about it was that I'd seen the Broadway show sure. and that this is that transition into film. Yes. And the other thing I liked is this is a genre of music I, I really enjoy. So I was looking forward to it sort of thing. I, you know, I like Don't Stop Believing. I like... Um, uh, well, and I, it's fun. It's so fun watching this movie. You know, you you go in there and you you're like, oh, this. You know, you laugh with yes. it and everything like that. That's what I liked about it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a fun experience. I think. I mean, um, I read a review that said, if you were in a good mood, you would enjoy this film, and if you're in a bad mood, you would. You hate want? It. Yeah, that's a very good. Yeah, yeah. that sums it up perfectly. And I, I wish I said. That. <laughs> <laughs> and that review was written by Lloyd Hughes. <laughs> no, and um, it's six point two on uh, IMDb oh, at the moment. Oh, really? So it's oh. really like love it or hate yeah. it, isn't it? I mean, it was Wow, made- that's, that's pretty low, yeah. yeah. Well, it was made for $75 million, which is a big budget to yeah, recoup. Yeah, that's a massive budget. I feel like if it makes over 100 it's a success, you know, because they didn't waste their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if Tom Cruise is nominated for a Golden Globe in the coming months, then more people will go see it if it's still out. Do you think out. Tom Cruise has hurt the film financially? Oh, big ask. I mean, not for me. Uh, I didn't make Yeah, I don't difference. have a problem with Tom Cruise. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people could have played Stacey Jacks. It's this character. Um, it's just the bad boy in the film, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess it's possible. We should have got Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen would have heard it so much oh more. Oh, my God. Can Charlie Sheen sing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He's, his family's very talented, though. Um... So you like musicals in general? Like, I like this musical. I yeah. like once. I like a handful of musicals, sure. really. Um, I think I'm a bit hit and miss. Sure. A lot yeah. of my heroes love it. Like Matt Stone, Trey Bowl, obviously Book of Mormon. They're like fanatics with it. But I'm just... Oh, I just never got into it, eh? <laughs> Do you think uh, Book of Mormon's going to be made? Yeah, eventually. As a yeah. film? I don't think it'll be like a big... Cause, just because of the subject matter and thing, but it's... Like a low-budget musical. Uh, like uh, they'll they'll throw a lot of money into it purely because of the success on Broadway. Like it's rated as one of the greatest plays ever written. I think you know I don't want to put them um, them down. I think Matt Stone and Trey Parker are, like incredibly talented. Probably one of the most talented people in all of television. But I watched the play, and I've always said they're great um, for twenty minute segments, not for two hours. I thought it dragged on a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It that's won, just me. It won all those. It Tony won awards. every award, and I think that's because there's just no musicals out there. It's just like okay, who's going to win this year? The Lion King again or wicked you know there's just not many to choose from so when somebody comes out with an original thing it's just like oh my gosh this is amazing you know people jump all over it i don't think book of mormon was that good you know it was so controversial very intelligent but i don't know it just didn't feel like the greatest musical play ever i don't know but then again i'm not good with musicals Hmm. that's my take (laughs) i actually saw the lion king and quite enjoyed it yeah 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 on broadway that was really good well it's been around for a long time for a reason i I assume for a good one as well yeah Hmm. um how good was the transition with tom cruise how he's explaining how his life is like i'm a cowboy yeah and suddenly he's on stage you know, that was you? awesome. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really well timed. Th- I think they've used that in the movie, posted in the trailer, where he looks out and he's yeah. reaching. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. That was really good. And then he's sort of doing this big swagger back and forth, yeah. leg to leg kind of thing. And just, I think there's a lot physically in his performance. Yeah. And he, he did a great job. Yeah, that's yeah. What I think Golden Globe. I think sure. Oscar nomination at best. And I, I haven't the only seen thing that'll hurt him is just his stigma. Yeah, but I think if he's nominated for things, people might go, oh, is he really good in it? And forgive him, sort of thing. Well, no, and go see it. Oh, and go see it, sure, yeah. It it won't hurt the box office that way. Um, Yeah, I I was sort of saying Russell Crowe 
was the narrator. His character, Lonnie, was the narrator in the show. And so it was much more physical comedy as well. He would sort of dance out and sort of... R- Russell Crowe? Uh, sorry, Russell Brand. Oh, course. Russell... Oh, yep, yeah, Russell Brand. Apologies. Sorry, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that'd be weird. I was thinking of Alec... Did you mean Alec Baldwin? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Russell, Russell Brand. Russell Brand, yep. Um, his character... Um, when he would come out onto stage, yeah. the Lonnie character would sort of dance and uh, do interact, and like you, because it was so physical, get you laughing. And I think it was a good choice to, you say, put Russell Brand in the background. Yeah. But I, I think to not have a narrator to just let the story be told. Sure. Um, but they do miss out on a lot of jokes this way, and uh, there were like three scriptwriters, and one of them was. Justin Thoreau, who's like, oh, he—I I saw him on the credits. Yeah. He's uh, Louis Thoreau's cousin. Yeah, incredible actor. He was in Miami Vice. He was For those in, who don't um, know, he's dating Jennifer Aniston. Wow, um, he's he's <laughs> in Inland know. Empire. I did not know that. <laughs> he was in Inland Empire. Um, he also wrote Iron Man Two. I think it is. I actually think it's the worst one of the two. Mm. Um, and he's just so talented. And I think he's coming to directing soon. He was also, uh, you know, Zoolander. Yes. Uh, in Zoolander, he was the guy with the dreadlocks who plays the Relax um, album. <laughs> okay. So almost unrecognizable. And then he has that dance battle. He's really talented. Go watch Inland Empire um, and uh, he's, Mulholland he's, Drive. I'm he's pretty also, sure he's in Mulholland Drive. He's also the villain in Charlie's Angels. I believe the first one, but I could be wrong. In the um, first he one, doesn't but... wear a shirt much and he's really ripped. And he's an ex of uh, Drew Barrymore's. In oh, the film? I don't think he's in uh, the first one. No, I don't think he's in the first. Must be in one. the second one. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. I can't recall which one it because is because that guy. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. He played uh, the father of Martin McFly in uh, Back to the Future. Crispin Glover. Oh, I love Crispin Glover. I think he's so. T- he should have been the Joker. No, he <laughs> no. Ledger did a great job. Sorry, no. I take that back. <laughs> I'm no. Australian as well. <laughs> he Ledger did do a great job. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, yeah, no. Yeah, anyway, I, I don't think Justin Theroux. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you saw he's so also he wrote a writer. This as well, that's amazing. He's written a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of so punching talented. up scripts, and yeah. I think they sort of throw in the occasional joke. You know, they probably get lots of writers to sit sure. and punch things up. It's Hollywood. <laughs> um, sorry, with Russell Brand because he's the narrator. He was uh, towards the end of the Broadway show. He's explaining what happens to everybody, and I do want to mention there is a different ending in the Broadway show than in the film. It's a very Hollywood ending to the film the way that it actually ended um but he says um dennis dupree is alec baldwin's character and he says unfortunately dennis died and dennis dupree character is on stage at the time he's like what kind of thing right (laughs) and uh this didn't happen obviously they both survive in the film and uh, he goes yeah that's right you died sort of thing and then a doorway kind of opens with a massive white light on the side of the stage and he has to walk through it and he's like all right man and he sort of has this whole moment to say goodbye to the crowd as if like he's well gonna die, i'm yeah. about to die kind of thing and walk off stage and everyone's cheering and like loving it because it's this big presence and then after he walks through disappears at the end when they sing don't stop believing he appears in like either a banister it was a up in the kind of banisters and throws down stuff and he's got angel wings and he's wearing a white coat now kind of thing um but in the australian version he like walks down the aisles and throws confetti back and forth into the crowd and stuff and like kind of keeps reappearing kind of thing yeah um i love in broadway shows when the cast come out one by one and get a cheer kind of thing and you can tell who everybody enjoyed yeah and he was one of those characters who everyone just went nuts for. Wow. Well, he had the role, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, But I just don't think Alec Baldwin did that much. It just didn't feel the same. It was sort of 
Maybe he was. Uh, like maybe he just didn't get that role. opportunity. I guess like they did, they cut with all those changes. He just didn't become that significant as of the Broadway. Well, Alec Baldwin has said in interviews that he was going to retire when Thirty Rock ended. Right. Next year, well, over the American summer, I guess. But this, oh, this no, is Australian his, summer. I think he's heading into his best moments in his career. Don't you reckon he's playing that 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 really witty middle aged? Got oh like older man like he's I think he's got a lot to give so disappointing to hear that yeah well I was gonna say I don't know if he will retire like in in 2013 is when 30 Rock will end uh, next year and um, do actors ever really retire I know that um, oh, yeah. Mike, Matthew Fox said he would retire after Lost but he's still working he's in some MMA movie like uh, okay. playing a cage fighter sure. coming up um, Brad Pitt said he will retire in four years and I don't think he will I think. He will partly retire, but he'll still come back. I think, they, I think they generally mean a break. There are some who have a physical inability, like uh, Paul Newman, mm-hmm. I think, uh, towards the end. I think it was after, um, what's that movie, Sam Mendes, Amer- Road to Perdition. Yep. I think he had some issues there, and he's like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, Michael J. Fox mostly yes, retired. With, with those physical issues, yeah. But I don't think, yeah, as you say, like I can't recall... Oh, yes, there is a good example. Not Gene Danny Hackman's D- retired. Yeah, Gene Hackman, that's a good one. Not Danny DeVito. What's the... I always get them too confused. Danny DeVito and the Goodfellas guy. I can't believe Joe it's, Pesci? Joe Pesci. He actually did retire. He's he only has. come back for the Snickers ads. But he actually <laughs> said... Yeah, strange. yeah. But he's... Oh, he's, wow, Snickers money. <laughs> <laughs> he is super talented. There is no doubting his talent. Like, everyone remembers him from Home Alone, but if you've seen Goodfellas and Casino or Raging Bull, you're like, yeah, he's, he's elite like high he's Robert De Niro elite he's top of the line and he actually said I, I'm just pulling out because he I think he just ventured too far mm. Heath Ledger probably should have done that like retired yeah right like mm. right after the Joker like because I think he he's one of those actors method actors that bring themselves to the brink mm. and pull themselves back yeah yeah well I guess we'll never know yeah you know exactly what sort of happened oh, yeah. a cocktail of oh poor yeah. guy um, all right. Well, off topic. <laughs> getting, getting a bit off topic. Because Rock of Ages is such an up kind of yeah. entertaining, fun movie. Yeah. Um, and what, as, as that review said, if you're in a good mood, you're going to love it. Yeah. If you're in a bad mood, you're going to be like, oh, musicals. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody sort of sells their performance pretty well. I think Paul Giamatti is a little bit hacky. Sure. Um, there isn't that big a role in the Broadway show for the manager. So it's, so, it's, it's so weird bringing in a, such an elite level actor to... Oh, I guess he plays the villain well, but yeah, I know, to that role, is just like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I rate him. I think he's a lead actor. I think he's very good. Well, everybody rates Brian Cranston. What did you think of Brian Cranston it's as Brian the mayor? Brian Cranston? Breaking Bad, oh, yeah. the Middle Dad. I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but I hear he's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, what that's about... another good point. Bring it in. <laughs> but, but what about Rock of Ages? What did you think about him in this? Oh, is... Well, he was just so brief, I guess. But I guess with the brief roles he had, he was... He did his job. <laughs> okay, so in the Broadway show, the Brian Cranston character isn't the mayor. Um, he is like a German um, named Hertz, and he has a son named Franz. And they want to, uh, well, I'm pretty sure they want to redevelop like, and demolish the Bourbon Room and like destroy the Strip kind of thing. And um, the person protesting with signs and stuff is... Um, the son? Well, her name is Regina, oh, okay. and they keep mispronouncing it in the Broadway show as Regina. And uh, she and Franz, the son, kind of uh, get together a little bit, and um, 
all those sort of storyline was all blurred together to create Catherine Zeta-Jones's character. Oh, okay. There is no Catherine Zeta-Jones character in the Broadway right. show. Um, the sort of protesting about we built this city and stuff, Russell Brand gets to sing that. Um, but in the show, she's uh, chains herself, you know, to the strip and stuff and, like, doesn't want them demolishing it. And they have this arrangement with the mayor that they're allowed to demolish it. So the mayor character, Brian Cranston, had very little to do. Did he? Uh, I mean, he was very brief. Yes, he was very brief. But even Robert De Niro can only do so much with his role in, like, Copland. You know, one of those brief, very mm. brief moments. It's not, it's not even like a cameo. It's a role. You know, he's he's a significant part of the story. I, I always imagine cameos as just a guy comes in. Yeah. You know, not really that... Well, they're crucial to the story, but not a, you know, main part of the story. But, yeah, he was very brief, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he was having an affair. He was cheating on Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. Um supposedly he was just a bad guy and yeah. and then there was no real payoff for that like he sees Catherine but, and he has Jones a backstory with um I think it was the owner of the bourbon because he said oh yeah we used to party heaps didn't he yeah and as you say there's no yeah and I and I don't know about you like did you guess what Catherine Zeta Jones's backstory was yeah yeah <laughs> I seemed, saw it right away <laughs> it seemed really obvious like I, I I don't know maybe little kids wouldn't realize or something <laughs> Before she even said that, my friend story, like, my friend was left embarrassed kind of thing. Before that, I was even saying, oh, I know what this is. Like, this is, you know, yeah. woman scorn kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. None of that in the Broadway show. Um, Stacey Jacks, when the film starts, he's already coming to the bourbon, bourbon room. Um, there's this scene in the Broadway show where they have to convince him, you know, um, which they kind of blackmail him and stuff. And there's never really a question of finances and that the bourbon room is shutting down. It's whether or not they're going to redevelop the whole strip. Oh, okay. There's no financial troubles at all. Um, Whereas in the movie, obviously, it was they're trying to get at them financially. Like, that's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah it is. And also, Stacey Jacks' character is so unlikable and, um, like, he's just a bad boy uh, in the Broadway show, but he gets a whole... Um, Redemption like, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, in in the film, he's got like uh, the reporter from Rolling Stone, played by Marlon Ackerman. Um, Where's she from? Watchmen. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no I don't, it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> uh, the Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller. No, um, she does look familiar though. She's been in quite a few things. Sure, she seems to be constantly working. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, she. She uh, gets together with Stacey Jacks and she's pregnant at the end and stuff and there's all this redemption for him and he doesn't really want this life, you know, that he has. Um, the Stacey Jacks and the Broadway show, he does. He's happy to be that guy and uh, he winds up at the end uh, fleeing to Mexico because he slept with an underage girl and he's on the run, you know, kind of thing. Wow. And so there's no redemption for him. He's just out of the picture kind of thing. Um the Marlon Ackerman reporter from Rolling Stone, they considered having Anne Hathaway play that role. Cool, yeah. Which I thought would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. But she couldn't because of The Dark Knight Rises. And they also considered Amy Adams, who's the redhead from The Muppets and uh, other things. And she was filming Man of Steel. And I think might have been more Muppety, a bit too... Sure. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not what really... Not good. <laughs> I think Anne Hathaway may have improved it. Because mm. she's sung before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I can't think what now. Maybe in Princess Diaries or something. I'm sure okay. There was, yeah. Sure, there was some. Uh, I'm scene. not familiar with her with her work at all. I, she was in Devil Wears Prada, wasn't she? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Anyway, that whole uh, Rolling Stone reporter magazine, you know, part mm. um, was really beefed up, probably at Tom Cruise's request. You know, 
because he's playing this character and mm. if he's just and uh, a guy who has to flee to Mexico because he sleeps with an underage girl, then that's not very likable. No, not at no, all. No awards for him. You know, having this um, baby on the way at the end and this kind of successful redemption. And he gives the money back and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. liked it how he got the um, the agent or his manager to read the report. Yeah. And the main thing he was angry at was the fact that he didn't give any of the money. Took the money, sure. Yeah, took the money. That was great. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Makes it more of a happy ending. Makes it more of a, a redemption story, as you say. Um, also, now this is a big, big change. They allude to the fact that Drew um, and Sherry, the main love interests, that it's, it seems that they date. Then he gets mad because he thinks she sleeps with Stacy Jacks. She comes out with a um, strap down on her shoulder because he kind of spills alcohol and stuff, and they sure. clean it up. And then he's mad, and he sort of ignores her, and she quits, right? Now, in the Broadway show, if this was being faithful to it, I don't know about these changes. Um, she goes on a date with him, right? And he says uh, something about them being friends. And because they're friends, she's like, oh, so, like, this isn't, you know, she thinks this isn't really anything kind of thing. And um, then she does sleep with Stacey Jacks in the toilets, uh, so that toilet set kind of um, sure. comes out on Rotate, the side of stage, yeah. rotates out, and uh, it shows them in a cubicle and stuff, and kind of her legs pop up, and there's like it's hilarious kind of bunch of different position stuff going on. Yeah. And um, then because they do sleep together, um, Stacy Jacks is like, "Get her out of here, man!" and gets her fired from the Bourbon Room. Right. So it's not this whole she leaves on her own accord because she's mad at Drew kind of thing. Um, yeah, everybody quits in the movie. It's like, everybody's quitting, you know, sort of a <laughs> That joke. was like a running joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is everyone quitting tonight, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but he does sort of think they got together. But they do get together in the Broadway show. Oh, right. And she's a lot more kind of trampy, really. It's like she's... She's really perfect in yes. the movie. <laughs> and in the movie as well, imagine this, though. Um, she goes straight to stripping kind of thing in the Broadway show. Um, the Mary J. Blige character does a song and then they, she goes in and she hardens... Harden My Heart is the song. Um, and they played that in the film, but the way they did it was they had her, like, trying to get other jobs and salvaging all the money she could and selling her records or whatever. Oh, no, she didn't sell her records. They got stolen. You know, sure. trying to yeah. get money, like, day-to-day kind of yeah. montage. She does everything else before she can go do stripping and then she's even like just a waitress at the strip club which right. is never in the Broadway show yeah. it's to make her as likable as possible yeah you know and I think it makes her seem too perfect yeah in a way and then even when she strips she's not wearing what everyone else is wearing she's wearing like a bodysuit kind of yes, cat suit definitely. thing I noticed that as well yeah I wonder if that was like a Juliana Huff like oh I don't really want to wear that kind of oh, thing oh well maybe it's just to get as much um to generalize the audience as much as possible, get a, a kid audiences in. But at the I same suppose, time, yeah, it would be a PG. I think it hurt its chances because it had maybe too many raunchy girls with Stacey Jacks in those scenes, sure. and as well the main part when he starts urinating on his manager. Maybe they shouldn't have had that. Like I like that, but yeah. if they want a kid general kid audience, maybe yeah, cut around that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. So, which one was better in your opinion? Well. I mean, I really enjoyed the stage show uh, for what it was. I just thought there were a lot of changes to get to the film. For better or worse? Um, well, the ending is very different. Let's talk about that. The, the angel thing. Oh, they, the, because of 
the way they did it on the Broadway show, they were, as I said, they were able to have him die and like still be around and dance. That wouldn't have stuff. worked in the film. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how they would have killed yeah. off Alec Baldwin like a heart attack or something. I don't know. But anyway, at the end um, of the film, you know, version, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the film. Uh, Stacy Jacks is in the bathroom and he hears the song and he seems to be moved by it. The song "Don't Stop Believing," and uh, shortly after. Uh, he's rejoined with his band Arsenal they're on stage he calls out this is Drew the guy who wrote this song and him and Sherry come out and she's wearing this kind of blue tassel-y thing and uh, they sort of everyone is in the crowd you know Mary J. Blige is there because she wasn't in enough scenes Catherine Zeta-Jones is there yeah Uh, Dennis and Lonnie and everybody and um, you know they basically all sing together Um, in the Broadway show because Stacey Jacks is out of the picture he's gone to Mexico um, they realize that they don't need rock and roll. He doesn't need to be famous. He just needs Sherry. And he becomes a pizza boy, and she gets pregnant, and she's the one with the bump at the end kind of thing. Wow. Very okay. different. Yeah, very different. What, one is going for fortune fame. The other one's just going for love. <laughs> love is enough. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very. Like It really feels like a Hollywood ending. Um, I do prefer what they did with Stacey Jacks. It's nice that he has more layers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay, well, that sound. I, I don't know, just hearing it, I guess because you're in there and you're getting hyped up and everything, or they could have threw anything at you towards the end, I reckon you guys would have went with it because it was just such a good atmosphere. Yeah. I guess in the movie, because they don't have that interaction, they got to go with that very Hollywood-like ending, yeah. I think Fame is another um, probably Broadway show, that uh, musical rather, that's influenced this, and that's like, the the thing is... If you want this film to be happy, at the end of it, you want him to be successful and a famous rock star kind of thing. And it makes sense in the film to have him be like a songwriter for Stacey Jacks kind of thing and travel with him. And then they both get to live their dream. They don't work at the Bourbon Room and they, you know, they're successful, Yeah, I guess. Like having him be like, and then I just became a pizza boy can be considered kind of a downer. Mm. And I'm guessing that's why they've made this change. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which, when you're watching the the Broadway show, it's just like, oh, yeah, not everybody can be famous, but everyone can find love kind of thing. It has its own nice ending to it. Um, But really, they just finish with a big musical of Don't Stop Believing and everybody's kind of waving around their torch lighters and stuff and lasers and everything going on. And it's just a big atmosphere. Like, it's sold that way as well. Yeah. Like, either way works. I just thought it was a really interesting Hollywood ending, I guess. Yes, very, yeah, yeah. I thought they ended it as best as they could, I guess. It, looking at those two differences, I guess the, they went with probably the most commercial one. <laughs> mm. I just wanted to finish by talking about some cameos from the uh, film. Yeah. Um, wrestling fans may have noticed Kevin Nash was one of Stacey Jacks's bodyguards. Kevin Nash. I yeah. Have no don't idea. know. It's fine. He did <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff with Hulk Hogan. So yeah. Um, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. Uh, we're all the NWO, the New World Order, oh, okay. in WCW, and and Kevin Nash has been around wrestling for years. And I just think it's funny when they sort of appear in these films, just Did random. Did he sing a bit no. of line? No, oh, okay. hang on, there was one line, line that the bodyguard yeah, sang. Was that Kevin Nash? Yeah, but there were two of them. One of them was Kevin Nash sure. singing that line. He was also in, I believe, The Punisher with Thomas Jane. I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. it's actually I think it's been on TV recently. So, um. 
As I mentioned, Constantine Morales, or however you say his name, was the record executive, the Australian Idol, uh, American Idol rather, winner, who, not winner, probably top ten, <laughs> who was in the Broadway show. Um, Eli Roth had a cameo. Do you remember that? He's the Z-Boys director. Oh, really? That was Eli Roth. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, there's a little bit of credibility <laughs> right there. <laughs> you know what they should have got as one of the, the Z-Boys was Justin Timberlake? He would have been up for it as well. I guess he would have just charged a lot of money, though. Maybe. <laughs> Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake, that would have been really Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> um, TJ Miller. Remember we talked about Cloverfield the other week. Uh, he was the guy who held the camera in Cloverfield and ran with it and stuff. Oh, yeah. Curly-haired kind yep. of friend. Uh, he was the guy at Rolling Stone who answers the phone when Tom Cruise calls, and he's like, is Cinderella there? <laughs> kind of thing. He's like, wow, you're creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, are, that got big laughs from Are you Stacey Jacks? <laughs> yeah, he did a really, like, killer little cameo there. Yeah. And that was really funny. I just thought, um, well chosen. And finally, let's talk about the monkey. Hey, man. Oh yeah, hey man, uh, the monkey. You know, I don't find monkey jokes funny. I'm just <laughs> incapable of laughing at monkey jokes. Like I know Kevin Smith likes them. He put them all over. Um, Ke- uh, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. I think the whole thing was a monkey joke. I can't laugh. Mm-hmm. I go, it's a monkey's throwing stuff. Where, like, where did you uh, land on Rise of the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well you probably, Mon- and monkeys freak me out as you well. You probably won't like it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh know. well, if if it's a if they're using it, at, well, I guess that movie was drama. Obviously, um, this was used as comedy, and I don't find monkeys funny. They scare the hell out of me. Too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, let's conclude. Uh, Rock of Ages. If you haven't seen it and you've listened to this, we've ruined it for you. So you probably should check it out. <laughs> Um, but if you have checked it out, let us know what you thought on our Facebook page. All the links for Pod Me If You Can are available on the left of www.podmeifyoucan.com. And if you just look there, there's a few links available straight there. Um, Lloyd, tell us, next time is your choice. What will we be watching? Solaris. And uh, that's all we're going to say. <laughs> Directed by Steven Sodenberg, produced by James Cameron. And yes, it is a remake of Andre Tarkovsky's 1972 classic. And um, that'll be our next podcast. If this was like a book club and you could, uh, you know, read the book ahead of time, Solaris is now about 10 years old, I believe yep. 2002. Yeah. Um, so you can check it out. It's on DVD. It's available, uh, iTunes store, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So check it out and join us next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. All the best.